there's two options today for for the gospel which is why i almost read the wrong title there for a second but um i specifically chose the second one uh for a reason today will be a little bit of an instructive homily you know combined i guess with the sort of the normal um or i guess what you guys have get are getting used to from me but one of the things that i love about this reading is when i studied uh theology i pretty much had my whole theology time at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas University in Rome. And so I was taught by Dominican, mostly Dominican priests and sisters, um, and a couple of, you know, diocesan priests thrown in here and there. But um, one of these, this passage right here, St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about quite a bit. And one of the reasons is because Dominicans and uh, Carmelites and other orders are, are really devoted towards the contemplative life. They're really devoted to prayer, to spending time with God, uh, essentially uh, to gaze on God. When you really look back at a lot of the origins of contemplation in terms of the word and, what, and why they use that word, it's really a gazing at the Lord. It, it's really your sight focused on him. And so they spend a lot of time in prayer so that they can put their sight towards God and focus on him. And these two examples of Martha and Mary have always actually been examples of the active life and the contemplative life. And, um, and you see right here that Martha is the example of the active life, and then Mary is the example of the contemplative life. And, and again, it's not that there was anything inherently wrong with what Martha was doing, but there is one thing that's kind of, there is something that's actually better. And the thing that is better is when you're spending your time at the foot of the Lord. And so the amazing thing about that is that contemplation is, is, is a wild concept. It's necessary, you know, the caveat is it's absolutely necessary to have the active life because people need to prepare food, provide food, build shelter. We need to do things that are active um, to live our life as human beings on earth. That's just, that's just a part of it. Um, but to contemplate is amazingly its true simplicity. It requires nothing. It doesn't require any resources. And that's one of the things that's unbelievable about it. You can be in a prison cell on a desert island. Um, you can be really anywhere. And with just you and God, you can fix your gaze on the Lord and you can offer a prayer to him. And, and, and kind of delve into his mysteries w without anything, without any resource um, altogether. And so Mary, in this particular situation, you know, her gaze and her attention is fixed on the Lord. And so you always, always see this sort of sharp uh, juxtaposition there. But one of the things I really like about this is, is the line. <laughs> you know, I'm sure many people, you might have even quoted this to some friends or family before. But Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. And I think it's just the times that we're living in right now, there is a lot of anxiety. If there's anything that I've heard the most from people right now, whether that's in the confessional or just in regular conversation, it is, it is anxiety. That has been one of the great uh, experiences that we've all been having right now. And I think one of the things that's so difficult and one of the things that makes us so anxious is actually I was really glad to hear just everybody's response today for the Alleluia because there's more people here now so there's more of a response it was amazing behind 
masks and only 25 people, you know, sometimes the responses are so low that, uh, I, you know, it's a little, a little disconcerting because you're not used to hearing such, you know, such a small voice from, from, from everybody out there. So I was really glad to hear more of you out there today. But to not be here, to not receive the Eucharist, to not receive the bread of life creates anxiety. And in some people more, more than others. Um, and so that's, that's something that's really difficult. I mentioned yesterday the importance of us uh, praying for those that are not present and also for those that are joining us on the live stream to also be, we have to be praying for each other in this time. Um, you know, we don't want, there's, uh, I used in one of my first homilies here, the litany of humility. And one of the great lines in that litany is there's a part that says, Lord, that others be holier than me provided that I should be as holy as I should be, basically. And so, you know, there's a, there's a big thing there that we want other to be, people to be holy. We should, we should be thankful that brothers and sisters are here, present, that they can receive the Eucharist. And of course, I mentioned also, you know, I hate doing these announcements about communion on the tongue and communion. It is absolutely frustrating for me. I mean, drives me drives me crazy but um but you know the, there there's one thing that i had said um the other day even with some of the difficulties of like ah wearing masks and doing all these things it's a little bit like what jesus said about when they presented him with the coin he, oh, and he said well, do you have a coin and he's like you know whose image is on that side of the coin they said well caesar's he says well render unto caesar what is caesar's and that's one of the things that has helped me a little bit in some of the things that have been somewhat imposed upon us. It's just like, well, these things are difficult and they are challenging. But, you know, we live in a government. We, li we have a government. We live in a society. And so some of those things that we do, and we just try not to allow them to impede our spiritual life. Because, again, none of those things can impede our contemplation with God, our connection with God. They are impeding kind of our church life a little bit, just the pandemic, pandemic in general. Uh, but, that's one of, but that's one of the big things that has kind of given me a little bit of peace in some of that anxiety, is that, that Jesus has really given us a lot of answers for, for some of these things. And this is one of the last things I want to do. And some of these things are funny. And some of you might be like, oh my gosh, I do that thing. But please, please don't be anxious about, about this. I just want to review a couple of things about reception of the Eucharist. A, I don't think that we do that enough. And, uh, and B, who knows? You know, you just never know who taught you way back in the day and stuff, but especially considering the challenge and stuff. There really is a right way or a best practice and stuff, and especially from my perspective about, you know, um, distributing the Eucharist, it's very difficult. Like I said, some of these things are kind of funny because we're human beings and there's a practical aspect to, do, to doing this. Um, but, you know, the reason I cover it is not because it's funny, because it's so serious. Because I love the Lord, I love the, the Eucharist, and I know that's why you're all here today. So, so I'm just going to step out in front of the ambo here real quick. So, um, St. Cyril, some of you may have learned this when you were, when you were younger, but uh, St. Cyril of Methodius, one of the things that he said, he actually had an old catechesis, and this is a long time ago. He's an early church father. And one of the things he talked about is receiving communion in your hand. And when you receive communion in, in your hand, he says, place your left and your right as if to make a throne for the king that you're about to receive. And 
that actually has a really easy practical implication because sometimes we'll call, you know, um, sometimes uh, folks will come up like this and we'll call that the trap door like that. And that's kind of really difficult because you're like, you just don't know as the celebrant exact, or, or some of you who are extraordinary ministers, you don't exactly know where you're supposed to put the Eucharist. But when you, when you present your hand like that, your left and your right as if a throne, it has a symbolic meaning, but then it's also easy to, for, for you to place the Eucharist in the palm so that, you know, God forbid that nobody drops it. You know, that's one of the things that we're trying to do. We're trying to take really good care uh, towards the Eucharist. So that's one really helpful and practical consideration when, when folks come up. Uh, you know, the other thing that it doesn't, I, I don't think I've, I've witnessed this here at all, but, but this drives me a little bit crazy. Sometimes I call it the claw. You know, you never want to grab the Eucharist you know, from, the, from the minister who's distributing it. You know, like, again, we're, we're trying to have reverence for who we're about to receive. So we receive him. We don't, you know, grab him out of the, you know, the celebrant of the extraordinary minister's hand. Um, and then the other thing, that's pretty simple. If we do that when we receive um, the Eucharist in the hand, everything goes pretty darn smoothly right there. And then the only other thing that's really helpful is that, you know, it's helpful to bow when the person before you is receiving. So that when you come up to receive, sometimes what'll happen is you'll bow while the, <laughs> while the person is about to give you the Eucharist, and then you've got a moving target and stuff like that. And so it's like, oh, you're like, whoa, whoa wait a second. <laughs> you know, so these are things, like I said, they're funny because we're humans and we do human, human things sometimes and we don't always think about them. But that comes from a place of reverence. Um, but just make sure, you know, whether you're receiving on the tongue or in the hand, you know, you don't want any moving targets. And if you're receiving on the tongue, the important thing about that, again, is you really need a target. I think most of us in our life were taught to not stick out our tongue. And it's like, of course, this is the one, the one place in church of all places where you get, a, get to break the rule sort of right. But you really need a, a good target to be able to give somebody the Eucharist again so it does not uh, fall to the ground. So you really do have to stick out your tongue so that people can, so that we're able to give you the Eucharist in a way um, that, that you'll receive it. Because it, it is really hard. If somebody just opens, opens their mouth just a little bit like that, it is extremely hard to, to, to give them the, the host. And so that, that's really challenging as well. And again, this is another moving target thing. Um, you know, you, you got to be careful about like moving your head, <laughs> you know, when somebody's giving you the Eucharist because that's also very, very challenging as well. Um, and the other thing that sometimes happens is just make sure that your hands are, are out of the way. Every once in a while, if you're trying to give somebody the Eucharist, and if their hands are folded and they're up here, then there's no room for my hand, <laughs> you know, to, to give you the Eucharist. But, uh, and, and just probably stick out your tongue a bit more than you think that you need to. Not to give a crazy example, but you really got to go, <laughs> you know, and then... That also prevents also somebody's tongue from hitting the, the, um, the distributor's fingers. I'm pretty darn good about not getting licked. And so, you know, like I have a pretty good technique like that. But like I said, we're human beings and there are human, th this is a human interaction that we have here and stuff, but we're trying to do it with the most reverence. And I think if we just follow those steps, um, not to belabor the point, but it's really, really helpful for me, especially in this time where we're being so particular about these typical things. Um, and then I think it's really helpful just in the future, uh, whether you're, you're in the ministry of extraordinary minister of Holy Communion or, or just for the priest in general. So 
Thank you for that today. And remember, there's no need to be anxious. The Lord has already won. The Lord has already conquered um, sin and death. We just want to receive the food for the journey so that we can keep going forward and keep bringing more people into the fold. So, so thank, you, thank you for listening that, that today. And I, I, and I also appreciate your help and cooperation. And like I said, please, if there's any question that you have for me, I, you know, granted, Father Kerry and I do get a lot of questions, so discern whether or not, you know, that question need, needs to be asked. But if you have a question, never, ever hesitate to ask me directly, especially if it's something about I'm doing or, or something that you see. Um, yeah, I think that you'll find that, like, it's very rare that I've ever bitten anybody's head off. <laughs> I get cranky and tired like all the rest of us. But, uh, but please, please feel free to ask me anything that you need to. So God bless you all today.